Welcome to Try Babies, the podcast where we're not afraid to be seen trying and crying. You're joined by Sunroom co-founders Michelle Battersby, that's me, and Lucy Mort, that's me. We help build the world's largest dating apps, Bumble and Hinge. Now we're in the thick of building our own tech company and we're bringing you along for the wild ride. Each week you'll hear from us as we fill you in on the good, the bad and the ugly when it comes to business, career, relationships and everything in between. We'll tackle burning audience questions and be joined by inspiring creators, female business leaders and the people who have motivated and energised us along the way. These won't be your typical shiny business stories. We want to showcase the experiences that go unsaid and definitely chat about the moments that don't make it onto Instagram. Prepare to hear about the lows, the failures, the doubt and the downright nightmare days. Navigating life through your 20s and 30s can be hard, which is why we're so passionate about creating a space for you to come to on the days you need to feel seen, inspired, educated, supported, and sometimes shocked into action. This is honestly the podcast we both needed throughout our journeys. Bella Davis is an inspiring Australian digital creator and one of our creators on Sunroom. Today we speak about her journey with body image, self-love and acceptance and the daily battles she faces by showing up as her authentic self online. A quick disclaimer, this episode does touch on themes of eating disorders. We'll pop some great resources in the show notes. However, if you do find this topic confronting, it might be best to give this episode a miss. Let's get into it. Bella, this is a big moment because... I've actually never interviewed a guest in the flesh. Normally it's virtual because I'm in LA and they're in another country as well. So thanks for being my first in the flesh guest. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad. (laughs) Can you please, and it's it's fitting because I feel like I don't know why I've started thinking about flesh, but I feel like your whole online, I don't want to say brand, because I think when you say your personal brand, it makes it seem like it's something you've intentionally done, mm. but I feel like this is just who you are to your core and it's such a meaningful mission that you're you're going about. So could you tell me what were you like as a child and what was your relationship with your body like growing up? Yeah, um, as a child, I really struggled with my body image probably from the age of like seven, which is really weird, but looking back and reading stats now, that's where a lot of body image insecurities happen is when kids are really, really young. I don't know, I was just comparing myself to everyone else and looking at my body in the mirror and then I would watch the other females in my life do the exact same thing. I'd overhear people talking about their bodies, dieting, and honestly I thought it was the norm, like to diet Mm. and dislike your body. I thought it was like weird if you liked your body and you didn't diet. So I was just observing all of this um, like a little sponge that I was, watching everyone. And then growing up, those insecurities only increased when I hit puberty and when my body started to change. And then when I was in high school, they just got like so much worse because I was comparing myself to my friends and I was judging my body. I was going on social media and being like, why don't I look like that? And it was back in the Tumblr days as well. Mm -hmm. I was very into Tumblr. And there were all these images of women who were aspirational to me and I was like, great, so I have to look like that, which meant being thinner, being smoother, being hairless and, you know, abiding to society's idea of beauty, which was massive at the time, Victoria's Secret, everything else. So then my relationship with food began to change as well. I entered into a like almost like bikini body challenge when I was 16 
Like um, a legitimate challenge? Yeah, like a challenge. Yeah. So it wasn't like an on-stage challenge, but it was like a, I think it was like maybe 60 days, maybe it was less, where you had to eat a certain way and exercise this amount of time. And I would go there and train with all these people. And I was the youngest one there. All the other women were like in their 40s. Mm. Um, so and it was called a bikini body challenge. Yeah, it was called a bikini body challenge. Which I just feel you would not do today. I don't think you could get away with it. No. I feel like there'd be so much backlash if you did that. Yeah. But people would just brand it in a different way and it would be mm. the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and this um, challenge told me to, like, avoid the, you know, the confectionery aisle at the shopping centre. So I completely did that. And because I feel like I can become really hyper-focused on things, thanks to my ADHD, yeah. so I was totally hyper-fixated on this challenge, like to the point where it became obsessive, mm. which at the time I didn't really notice and didn't really think I was being obsessive, but it really went down that way. So I was like restricting what I was eating. I was calorie counting. I was going to the boot camp classes, but then I was even doing more. Mm. And then when I was 17, I also developed a few other habits and I developed an eating disorder at the same time, not even knowing what an eating disorder was at the time. Mm. It was during the HSC, which is like, I don't know what the equivalent of that is for like around the world, but your end of your exams. I don't know either. High school exams. Finishing high school. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, everyone was studying for their exams, but I wasn't. I was just hyper fixated on like dieting and exercising and losing weight and being thinner that I actually didn't attend a lot of my exams. Wow. Yeah. I didn't go to a lot of my exams. I lied to my parents that I was really sick, so I couldn't do like a lot of them. I wasn't studying at all. I was just became obsessed. And then I noticed like my hair was falling out. I had no energy. I'd lost my period and I didn't even know I'd lost my period. Like six months went by and I had no period and I didn't even realise that something was wrong, which is just because like, you were so focused on restricting yourself, do you think? Yeah, 100%. Wow. 100%. So you just di- didn't even register? No, not at all, mm. that I'd lost my period. And then, I don't know, I was just like getting a little bit concerned about the hair loss for some reason. So I was just Googling like, hair loss, what does this mean? And then I stumbled across like the Butterfly Foundation, which is an Indian sort of charity here in Australia, and realised these are symptoms of like an eating disorder. And then I was like, oh, shit, I don't think I'm well. But I still didn't register that I needed to get help until like a few months later. Was anyone concerned? Did anyone notice? Yeah, um, one of my really good friends was because she'd seen some things I was doing because I developed um, bulimia. So she'd seen it. She was like, if you don't stop, I'm going to tell your mom." <laughs> I think because she was just like, I'm really concerned about this. Like, like yeah. I want to know what's going on. I was like, I'll stop, I'll stop. But no one else really knew unless they just didn't say anything or didn't know what to say, which I don't blame them because it's really hard and a tricky situation. Yeah, I was going to say that. Like it's pretty brave of the friend that did speak up because it is such a hard thing to navigate. Yeah. Were you receptive to her being concerned? Like how did it make you feel? Scared. Like yeah. so scared that this thing was going to be taken away from me because like my eating disorder became almost like a it became a part of me. It was mm. that voice in my head every single day and it felt like a friend. I know now it wasn't a friend, it was an enemy. So I was terrified that my secret was going to be exposed. 
So I was really scared. I was distancing myself from friends, family, everyone else, social gatherings until, I don't know, I think six months went by and I was like, I need to get help. I can't keep doing this. Like I'm not going out. I'm not leaving the house. I'm losing my hair. I haven't had my period for like eight months, I think it was at this time. I'm really unwell. I'm not strong. I can't eat. I can't look at food the same. And that's when I was like, I need to turn this around so I did, I went and got help. I did some treatment, but I was still struggling with body image because mm. I feel like those thoughts don't completely leave you. They're just like in the distance, like recovery is, I feel like endless for me. Mm. So every day I have to choose it, but the thoughts are really not really there anymore, which is great. <laughs> it's incredible that this all stemmed from a 60 day. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like that was the you'd obviously, you know, you'd been having these thoughts. There was comparison. There was what you were saying online, probably in magazines. And then this 60-day challenge almost became, it taught you how to alter your eating habits, I suppose. And it taught you how to be restrictive. It's nuts that from that moment, it seemed like it altered most areas of your life. Oh, took 100%. control over your life. Yeah, 100% because it was like telling you about calories and telling you how to check for calories at the back of packages and what you should be looking for, telling you how much you need to exercise to lose X amount of weight. And I feel like children are like sponges. Like mm. we absorb so much information. So like telling a 16-year-old that, they're just going to become obsessed with it. Anyone, really anyone at any age can be. But 100%, that was the start of like what I like to refer to as like my downhill spiral at the time and my obsession at the time as well. Do you think those health and wellness programs have got better today? Because hearing you speak about this, it's actually even... I had never really thought about the power in their messaging and their coaching and their style and how damaging that could be for someone who is really struggling. Yeah, I, to be honest, I haven't really looked into too many today, but I I do have friends who are still in that space of like wanting to diet or Mm. wanting to lose weight, which is fine. I'm, I'm free for anyone to do whatever they want to do for their body as long as they do it in a healthy way. Mm. And that's what I think is important for these programs, to do it in a healthy way and a respectful way, not coming from a place of hate towards your body. So I think if they're tailored towards that, that's great. But I think if they're tailored towards people hating themselves mm. and desperately needing to change themselves that's a problem and that's an issue. Mm, Or sticking to something that's just too regimented, I think. Like I definitely don't want to sound, don't want this to sound judgy at all, but when you see someone really limiting themselves or really focusing on eating healthy 24-7, I've always felt like it's a bit of a red flag to not allow yourself that freedom. I agree. and There's something deeper there. Yes, and Mm. I couldn't agree anymore and I think it's just... No, it's kind of setting yourself up for failure in a way because you might lose all this weight, but then you'll put it back on. And then when you have the piece of cake or whatever else, you'll feel bad about it. Yeah, that guilt around food would be so hard to live with, I think. Let's talk about how you got out of that because it sounds like you had immense strength and you recognised within yourself what it was doing. So what did the journey look like to loving your body and 
building those healthier relationships with food, exercise? Yeah, it was definitely like a struggle to like come to a good relationship with food and exercise again. I think because I was punishing my body with excessive exercise, I struggled to step foot in a gym for a while because I was like, no, gym's a place to punish your body. I know it's not now. So what I did was like trying to like move my body in ways that brought me joy. So Mm. like I really liked like roller skating and like going for walks and lifting weights. So I was just trying to find new ways to move my body that actually brought me joy, like dancing around the house, like cleaning. That's definitely exercise a lot of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I was doing that and just experimenting and, you know, actually moving my body when I wanted to was really empowering for me and moving it out of love, not punishment as well. Being like, you know what, my body deserves to go on this walk. It wants to move. So I'm going to do that. And then when it came to food, I had to like do a lot of the programming because that was really hard. Like, because I always used to feel guilty about eating something, like you said before, eating the macros. I used to always be like, now I need to go for a run. Mm. So that was really difficult. I read a lot of books like on diet culture and just figuring out what diet culture was because I heard it floating around, but I didn't actually know. And coming to terms with like how much, you know, big industries profit off women hating themselves. Like that's how they make their money. So learning all about that and then realizing that being restrictive and not eating the cake isn't going to bring me joy and food isn't meant to be joyful. Mm. It means memories, love. Some of my best memories are like laying on the lounge with my friends, eating pizza and drinking wine, like date nights. Like So thinking about all that stuff really helped me program my relationship with food and program my mind. And then like also I like to refer to food as like no food is bad because I feel like when I label food as bad, that means like if I eat the food, I'm bad Mm. and then I feel guilty. So I'm just like, you know, Mm. food is just food. And yep, I'm listening to my body's needs and giving it what it needs nutritiously, but then also giving it what it wants. Yeah. To bring it joy. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. It's so true what you said about these industries just profiting off women hating themselves. Mm. Do you feel like social media, everyone talks about how it can harm us, Mm. but when I think about back in the days of, you know, the the glossy magazines, it really was the Victoria's Secret era and it was really one kind of body that we were seeing over and over and we went Mm. through that like, heroin chic phase and like a lot of, you know, very skinny celebrities and then social media. Do you think it's helped show with representation? I think so, definitely. I think there has been a shift and obviously it was like so needed to see everyone be represented, all different types of bodies. I think it definitely has helped. I think there are still issues with social media, especially like editing apps coming out now where they can literally like change your face and body in real time, which is like scary. Yeah. And like... Like Facetune specifically. Yeah. Yeah. And then like all the like AI stuff coming out too where you can like literally have different bodies on people and you wouldn't even be able to tell, Mm. which is scary. So I think people just need to be mindful that, you know, social media a lot of the time isn't reality. It's not real life. People are putting their best angles, best poses out there. But I think a lot of brands are doing a lot of good as well, is trying to show diversity. 
because like you want to see yourself represented you want to see all bodies represented yeah I totally agree with you it has it its pros it has its cons (laughs) I think it's good in the sense that if you don't think about like the exceptions to what I'm about to say it's actually great that anyone can build a profile really like it's accessible and if you're speaking about something important especially on TikTok I feel like you can really gain reach and exposure and talk about something that maybe people haven't seen before, show them something that they haven't seen before, which I think is so important, especially for young people. Yeah. But I almost feel like we're going through this shedding at the moment with social media where it was still that continuation of like the glossy magazine type vibe. And it was very, your highlight reel, very filtered. Like even some of the filters I think of myself using in the past, like I would never put a filter anymore it, it actually is starting to feel a bit done which I think is really good yeah and it seems like now a lot of the people that I definitely look to on social media are more authentic and are more real and they're very aware of I think where we've come from on that journey what was your start on social media like yeah so um I started posting I guess in lockdown but it was kind of just on my own personal account So just my account I had for friends and family, I think like I was just sick of like everyone being like, you have to come out of lockdown looking the best you've ever looked. And I was like, girl, I'm just bloody hell, I'm tired. I was like, like, these at-home workouts aren't doing it. Like I can't. And And the mental like turmoil we all went through. Like honestly, it was so tough just mentally to keep motivating yourself every day or then if you're working from home or not seeing your friends like we were just starved of so many things that would have brought us joy yes I agree and then being told that you have to do this like use this time wisely I was like oh I'm so sick of it so one day I just like snapped a photo of like my like cellulite on my legs and I was one to always edit my photos like Nothing I uploaded back in the day was me. Mm. Um, I would always smooth my cellulite out in every photo. Like I was like paying for Facetune. It was Mm. bad. So I just decided to randomly one day stamp a pretty innocent photo back in the day. And I was just in shorts and I was like, I wrote something and I can't exactly remember what it is, but I think I was like, these are my legs or something or this is my body. I hope everyone is, like, looking after themselves, you know, like, cellulite's normal. We all have it. Like, it's just a part of a body. So I did that. And it was really just for my friends and family, just to help them feel a little bit better about themselves because I'd had my friends feeling bad about themselves. They were like, I'm gaining weight in lockdown. Like, I'm noticing new stretch marks, all of this. So then I did that. And that's kind of how it started. It was very random, very Mm -hmm. organic as well because – Yeah, it was on my personal account for my friends and family and that's all I had on there. And then I just started posting more and more because people started following and being like, this is helpful or or, Mm. thank you, like I feel seen. So I was like, okay, cool, I'm just going to like keep sharing like it was my own diary. Mm, I love that. You have grown in a – you've blown up then in a very (laughs) short period of time. Like I didn't realise that you started through lockdown. Yeah, I had, yeah. I think it just shows that like being true to yourself and talking about something that's quite normal is something Mm. that people are just really yearning for these days, I think. And I feel like that's kind of the breaking out of the highlight reel stage. 
Yep, I agree. Have you been trolled for showing up in the way you show up? Oh, 100%. Every single day. Um, really? I, every day? Yeah, every day. Like sometimes, oh, this is probably pretty normal for a lot of people, but like if there's articles that come out, like you never read the Daily Mail comments, they're always awful. <laughs> but yeah, heaps of trolling on there, DMs, comments, but I definitely think like the good outweighs the bad yeah. and I'm pretty good at dealing with like negativity now. Yeah. Uh, the troll comments mainly from men or women? Oh, a bit of both. Really? Yeah, it's interesting. Like, a bit of both. You always get a lot of, like, health comments, like, this isn't healthy, stop saying this, um, all that. Like Saying a, it's not, it's healthy to have cellulite. Yeah, all, all of it. Yeah, all the time. And then when I share body hair, people get upset about that. Really? Yeah, a lot of women get upset about it. Why? I don't know. Maybe because it's, like, still so taboo to have visible body hair like it's still seen as something that's dirty and disgusting so a lot of people want to like really tell me it is even though I'm like it's literally not isn't it more hygienic like scientifically yes it is yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. which I'm just like what um so yeah I get a bit of both but they're generally not people that follow me that's always the way that's what I hate about the trolling yeah anytime I've been trolled I tap onto their profile (laughs) file and I think hang on you don't even follow me. You have no no idea about who I am, what I've been saying for the past however many yeah. years. And these people just make this, they take this split second judgment on you yeah. and think that it's like factual. And they just like to be heard, I think. They just want to be angry at someone. Mm. So that's like, one of my friends told me that. And I'm just like, that's so true. Like, they're just like struggling with themselves which isn't like it's not fair to like project your insecurities onto someone else so I like to see it like that I'm like well they're struggling and I'm happy so I win yeah exactly <laughs> uh, that's it case closed yeah. I also think it's when you're showing up online in a way that challenges what someone's been telling themselves for yes. their whole life you know this narrative of women should look like this or be like this or act like this and then you see someone coming out challenging that and being adored for it and, Mm. you know, creating hype around this, but it goes against what you're so programmed to believe. And I think all we can really do is just be open to other people's opinions or perspectives and try to think, you know, is this actually my original thought or is this my conditioning or where is this actually coming from? Yeah, I couldn't agree anymore. I think you've like a nail in the head there, like 100%. We grow up listening to our parents and believing their word is gold. Mm-hmm. Like, so if they're growing up in a household where the parents are belittling themselves or saying like, you need to look like this or mm-hmm. you need to die, you need to be this amount of weight, of course they're going to believe that. Mm. And I did as well because I grew up like that exactly the same Mm. so like I had to reprogram my brain follow a lot of people read a lot of books listen to a lot of podcasts yeah to actually change my mindset Mm. around bodies and what bodies can look like Mm. do you feel like you're your truest self at the moment yeah a hundred percent I don't know I just like find a lot of joy helping people and helping people accept themselves and like through that I've learned to accept myself even more because I used to struggle with like body hair so I 
the one day I shared it, that story and then started embracing that some more, it's really helped me to accept it even more and like intimacy as well. I used to struggle with intimacy, body image, but sharing that has helped me. And then I still struggle sometimes. Mm. Like that's only normal. I'd yeah. be a liar if I said every second of every day I love my body because that's yeah. not true. You said <laughs> something earlier. You said every day I choose you choose to heal or something. You yeah. said every day I choose recovery. I yeah. Think. Yeah. I yeah. I think that's really powerful that you know this is doesn't just go away. Yep. But you've made a proactive choice to like keep going down this path and it's bringing you joy. It's helping people. You feel like your your true self. Like that's incredible. Oh, thank you. What about censorship? Yeah. Have you posted to Instagram and been had images removed? Oh, so much. What kind <laughs> of images? It's so weird at the moment because I think Instagram at the moment is the worst it's ever been for censorship. I'm hearing that from like a lot of people I've spoken to that it's the worst at the moment because now they're like banning your butt. Seeing really? It in like a G-string or in sheer underwear, they're banning all of it. So you can't wear a bikini with your butt showing, which is just weird, Laura. <laughs> I don't understand it. So like now they're banning that and they're banning sheer underwear, not even where you can see nipple, just mm. sheer underwear altogether. Really? Yeah, it's awful at the moment. They're banning words such as like breast, that's just nuts. It doesn't make sense. It's really, I mean, we both know this all too well, but it really does feel like it's just so hyper-focused on femme bodies. Oh, it is, yeah. Yeah, it's you don't show the right skin, you show too much skin, you've got a bit of side boob here, you say breasts. Yep. Like I know of people who've even been censored for talking about mastectomies. That's what? ridiculous and it's really rife amongst breastfeeding, childbirth, those kinds of topics. Yeah. But these are all topics relating to women's lives. Yeah. And yeah. so everyone's tiptoeing around it. Knowing this, do you change? Do you think twice before you post? Do you wonder, could this be a post that gets me my account removed? Yeah. Well, I wonder that. I get anxious now posting more than I ever used to. Back in the day, I used to post all the time and not feel anxious about it whatsoever. But now I feel anxious when I post something that I know might be pushing Instagram's boundaries a little bit where back in the day I would just post and I'd be like, yeah, cool. And it's not because I'm scared to share the image. I'm like half naked on my Instagram. I don't care. Yeah, um, but yeah it's not your personal worries. It's like no. platform worries. Yeah, it's like that fear of having your post shadow banned or restricted, which they do all the time. They've done it to me with like lingerie. They've done it to me when I'm wearing like full-blown clothes. Like it, it's just bizarre. So I get anxious about that, yeah, anxious about talking about different topics. I feel like I was playing it safe for a bit there mm. and like safe posts, but mm -hmm. I hate doing that because, I don't know, people need to see these images and want to, but it's just like, Instagram and TikTok just ban them and restrict yeah. them and then a lot of creators feel like what's the point then if yeah. it's not being seen and they've spent so much time on it. Yeah, and like you have to limit your creativity and yeah. the message that you're trying to push across. Exactly. Are you also on TikTok? I was on TikTok. I started up a new account but I got banned the first time I was on TikTok. Yeah. So I got my account removed 
just randomly one day tried to appeal it, but they wouldn't accept it. So I started up a new TikTok account, but I'm like hesitant to post on TikTok. I don't know why. I see other creators doing similar things to what I do, and I don't know why certain people get banned, certain people don't. So, yeah, it's interesting that you say you've been banned because. I do feel like the removing of images is probably just always shifting and always. like changing shape on Instagram. Yeah. But TikTok just moves so fast to the permanent bans. Yeah. Like Sunroom's profile's been permanently banned three times. It has it. Yep. What? Our same account permanently banned. And we just know certain people at TikTok that we hit up and they've been able to help us get oh, it back. Good. But without those relationships, we definitely would have lost our account. Oh. But that's so unfair. Yeah. You know, we're a brand. Yep. We could also spend money on ads so we can get in with their ads team. I probably shouldn't even admit this publicly, but like that was one of our strategies. No, Let's good. spend money on ads yeah. to show them that we maybe can add a bit of value create new relationships and like that's how we got our account back oh, another awful. time but th that doesn't work for individuals no and it's yeah. so scary when like you're building do you have another job is your whole job content no my whole job's content at the moment yeah yeah so you're making a living of yeah. content creation yeah but, but knowing that your account could be removed yeah that's so scary and you're one person or maybe you've got you know a couple of people helping you out mm. it's hard to fight that fight which is just so it's unfair yeah, it's terrifying. And I think so many creators in the body acceptance, self-love space feel that right now. I think they're all feeling it a little bit more because they're like, you know, showing more skin than the average, like maybe lifestyle creator or blogger or whatever else. Mm, so they're mm -hmm. anxious that like, hey, if I show more skin, will my account be removed? But people need to see this content because it's so important. I feel like we were going five steps ahead even a year ago and now we've gone back a little bit as well so yeah. I understand it. It's so fucked up to have this conversation it <laughs> because it's like you're literally someone who's gone on this incredible journey of accepting yourself and you know unpacking where your fears and probably inner judgment had come from towards yourself in the past. Mm. You've got to this space where you're so courageous and you're sharing this online and you're making a meaningful difference mm. in loads of people's lives and you know that. Thank you. <laughs> yet you're punished yeah. for doing that because of the way women's bodies have been censored and like put in this box in the past that we're like still all trying to break down. And these big platforms like Meta and mm. TikTok I just don't really feel like they're changing their – are they focused on this, do you think? Do you think they sit around and, <laughs> and and talk about this? I don't know. It feels like they do. I think because of all the new guidelines that mm. come out, and I know they change their guidelines quite often. Yeah. But because of the heavy guidelines they're doing at the moment, it feels like they're doing that. It feels like they're being like, okay, well, we can't see this, we can't see this, we can't see this. Anything that could be deemed as nudity, which is like underwear or Yeah, swimwear. or a bra, they oh, say. Like bra. sometimes in their terms, like in TikTok's terms, they literally say, can't show cleavage. What? Can't show cleavage. That's just like a woman's Existing. chest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's just anyone with a bit of boob wearing a singlet. Makes no sense. Yeah. So can we not wear singlets? <laughs> no, probably not. According <laughs> yeah. to TikTok, no. See, yeah. That See, that's bizarre. And mm. I... And I do feel like they're getting stricter. I don't know why. 
because I feel like it's almost going to push people off posting as much or they're going to turn to somewhere else or whatnot. But, yeah, I don't understand it. I don't. (laughs) Okay, so now's a good time for me to just bring it back to Sunroom. Cool. (laughs) So how did you, like, what drew you to Sunroom? How did you find out about Sunroom? Did we hit you up? Yeah, I think you guys did hit me up right at the start, which was really cool. And I knew it was coming out and I was excited by it. And at first I didn't really know, like, what it was going to be, but, like, you told me it was, like, a place you won't be censored, you'll be free to post, your underwear, your lingerie pics, do what you want. And that was really nice because I was like, oh, my gosh, yes, I'm going to try this, like, and see how it goes. And that's how I feel about now. Like, it's, like, a place where you can just post your images and not be scared Mm. of it being taken down. Yeah. Um, On Instagram, if I had a little bit of, like, almost – sheer underwear they would take it off but like on some room you guys don't Mm. which is so nice and it's a place where I can talk to people about their intimacy struggles or how to feel confident in lingerie and I don't have any fear of that content or those conversations being flagged yeah did it surprise you that people would pay to support you on sunroom yeah it did I didn't know if they would, but I was like, at first I was like, I don't know if they will, but they do. And like, I feel like my members change every month. Yeah. Some people come back, some people stay. Yeah. And it's in my link in bio and people just click on it, not even knowing what it really is. And then just like support me. I've had really nice messages. I haven't had one disgusting message on some room. Oh God, that's so People are so so nice on there. They're so, like, they're honestly so nice on some mm. room and they're so willing to, like, chat. And it's really nice because I feel like I can form genuine connections with people and, like, give them my time yeah, as well and listen to them. And I think because they know I will automatically respond on some room because I have the means to respond and the time to respond to people on some room yeah. because, you know, they're paying to, like, connect with me so I give them more of my time yeah they're able to like share their struggles with me or share what they like about my content and I'm able to respond and they know I'm going to respond as well which I really like yeah oh that's so good to hear and I feel like I'm not going to publicly out your earnings but like you make a decent chunk on sunroom like I feel what do you use your sunroom earnings for I (laughs) just like I don't know. Like I see my sunroom earnings. I know a lot of people make a lot more, which slay. Like yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, but I use it as like kind of like pocket money, yeah. which is such a weird thing to say. Covers my rent. That's so amazing. Which is great. So then I know that's covered, which yeah. I love. But I feel like, I don't know if this is a bad thing, but like I don't have to do much mm-hmm. on sunroom to make that money, which yeah. is amazing like I can like give my members what they want and what they like and their time yeah but I don't have to spend like hours on hours on hours on sunroom to make a difference like Mm. so I can just like have it there and be like yeah great like I know it's doing well and people are liking what I'm sharing and I can be a bit more fun and post my sexy lingerie pics because they love that yeah (laughs) Um, Yeah. and I love sharing it too because it's fun and I can talk about different areas of my body that I'm struggling with or like show more images of like body hair and stuff like that Mm -hmm. that Instagram might take down that are like not 
images that need to be censored. But on some room, I'm like, great. Yeah. And they like that. So I find it really fun. Like, I love the app. I love checking it. I love checking, like, my earnings every day. <laughs> it does. Hearing you describe it as pocket money, it does kind of feel like play money. Yes. It almost is like, how? Sometimes when I look at mine, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Like, it's this is going to come into my bank account this month. <laughs> yeah. And I get so excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. I feel like this is a good, we've, we've actually covered a lot. Cool. So yay. All right. So <laughs> we have a bit of a segment where okay. we ask our guests a spicy question. It's kind of like the daily question. Oh, I love that. So I just need to pick some questions for you. The thing is, I always ask people the same question because <laughs> I just find it's it. a good question. <laughs> Have you ever had sex in public? Does a car count? Was it in a car park? Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, wait, no. There was this one time, actually. <laughs> yes. Um, so it's kind of public, yeah. No, yeah. Oh, my God, I have two, actually. Okay, perfect. God, Liam's going to be like, I, I remember you telling me this story. <laughs> so I was at CMC, Country Music Festival, yeah. <laughs> up in Queensland, <laughs> and I had sex in a swag, oh, like God. under the moon. And my friend, I'm sorry to out her, I'm not going to say her name, but like she was having sex with someone else in the swag next to us. She was like, at the end, she was like, are you done? And I was like, yeah, I'll be out. Oh, my God, are you done? Yeah, so we could go back to our campsite. That was fun. That's hilarious. That was a good time. It (laughs) sounds like weirdly romantic under the moonlight. Yeah, yeah. It was, was, yeah. I don't know if I'd call it romantic, but there was like mud everywhere. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, it's a funny story because I feel like me and my friend both did it at the same time. That's hilarious. And she was like, mine wasn't great, so I was just waiting for you to like finish it. I was like. How did you okay, go back? that's perfect. Yeah, this is the exact kind of answer I was after. <laughs> Great. Okay, so where can people find you online? They can find me on Instagram at Isabella Davis Six or on Sunroom um, as well. There's a link in my bio on my Instagram to go to my Sunroom. Amazing! Thanks so much for coming on Try Babies. Thank you. I had a great time. Woohoo! Yay. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode. A quick ask if you enjoyed listening, it would mean the world if you could jump on Spotify or Apple and review the podcast. Five stars only, please. We need to build that army so we can read what you loved and what you want to hear more of. We're so grateful to have such an incredible community of empowered, motivated and confident women supporting each other here to go after their dreams. That's what we've needed most throughout our journey. You can subscribe so you don't miss our episodes or head over to our Try Babies podcast Facebook group and Try Babies Insta where we can connect with you more and ask us questions that you want answered in the show. See you on the next episode of Try Babies.